Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 23. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. So that... With the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may perceive what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I've heard it said that there is no sweeter sound to any person than the sound of his own, vo his own name. We love to be recognized. We love to be called by name. Elaine Brennan, Doug Carter, Carol Davis, Ralph Farah. What does it mean to you to hear those names called today? Today we call All Saints Sunday. I will read from the list of names in your bulletin. We call by name the 19 members of our church who died in the last year. And when I say Jerry Field, Claude Gilstrap, Tim Hammond, what do you feel? Michael Hill, Lon Jenkins, Margaret Lawless, Jim Lyle. When I say those names, what do you think of? Loss, love, grief, surely, but also hope. For today, as we remember the friends, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, husbands, and wives we've lost, we go so far as to call them saints, believing that while their earthly life is over, they have not disappeared, they are not lost, nor are they gone. Instead, they remain 
They remain in our hearts, even while they dwell in the house of the Lord. And in the house of the Lord, there we will meet them again when our time comes. This morning, among the others, when I say Hayden McLean, Mark McNabb, Andrew Peterson, Ted Ramsey, Wanda Reese, you'll hear the bell toll. A member of the family will be invited forward to collect a white rose. When that happens, I ask you to think not just about what has ended, but to think about what has just begun, what will last forever, and what has yet to come. Because, my friends, we gather today not just to say their names or to grieve the loss, but to remember that for the gift of God that they were, that they were and to remember again what we have always known. That by rising from the grave, Christ opened the way to eternal life. And having been baptized in his name, Bill Rohner, Joan Ward, Woody Woolison, will be united with him in his resurrection. Here in this place, where they worshiped beside us, we remember that today. Here in this church, where many of them were baptized or married, we remember. Here was the funeral, and here we remember that death has lost its sting. This church is one of the places we come and we feel close to them again. Sort of like my, my grandmother's closet. My grandmother, Peggy Bivens, died 10 years ago. After her funeral, I walked into her closet. I felt like a part of her was still in there, and it makes sense that a part of my grandmother would still be in her closet, as her clothes were important. Growing up, I'd unload her baggage from the trunk when she came to visit. Three or four bags, whether she was staying for a week or just the afternoon. If we left the house, she'd go and change, so I'd be walking with her in the mall or a restaurant. She'd be wearing animal print with a giant golden belt buckle in the shape of an elephant, and people would stop her to compliment her on her outfit. Very rarely did she dress down. Only once did I see her in a sweatsuit, and I remember her apologizing for it. And one Christmas Eve, late at night, I saw her in her bathrobe without her makeup on. The only time I ever saw her before she had drawn on her eyebrows. <laughs> that was a surprise. <laughs> and more than that, much more than that, I carry with me today not only those memories, but a million more the memories accumulated in making me who I am. For all her life, I was the recipient of her pride. Every nurse she worked with for the 50 years she worked in labor and delivery at Roper Hospital, they all recognized me as they had been forced to admire my most recent photographs, and they had to hear all about whatever mediocre achievement of mine she wanted to tell them about. 
I never felt like I had done anything to deserve her being so proud of me. As a matter of fact, I know I hadn't done anything to deserve her being so proud of me. So her pride often embarrassed me. I, I couldn't understand what it was about me that she thought was worth bragging about. She would be there to watch my baseball games, even though I rarely played. She would make the six-hour trip just to watch my middle school band performances, even though I was fourth chair trombone. I remember new student orientation at Presbyterian College. All the new students were there with one, maybe two parents. Me, on the other hand, was there with both of my parents as well as my two grandparents. I couldn't understand it. I was embarrassed, but today such pride provides me with a framework to understand God's grace. In our second scripture lesson, the Apostle Paul refers to the inheritance. This is an inheritance, not unlike other inheritance, given and not earned. And the one who gave it, gave it not because we did anything or we could have done anything. Yet in Christ, we have riches, a glorious inheritance among the saints. It is not deserved, but comes to us by grace and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ who said to the thief crucified next to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. For generations, people have been mulling over this statement. How could a thief who deserved to be punished go straight to heaven along with Jesus Christ? But that's the wrong question to ask. The better one is this. How could I, a sinner, be so loved by God that he would lay down his life for me? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I have. That question reminds me of one of the most embarrassing things my grandmother ever did. She took a picture of me in my baseball uniform and had it turned into a baseball card at a Photoshop. Then she had the card blown up to poster size. She, she gave it to me for my birthday. Then, then later, when we went to visit, she drove me by the Photoshop where she had this thing made, and there my picture was hanging in the front window. <laughs> she thought this was wonderful. I tell you, my uniform was pristine, not an ounce of dirt from the field or grass from the outside was on the thing because I was second string. I said, Grandma, you know I'm just second string. But I was not second string to her. And I am not second string to him. That's our inheritance. That's grace. It's not earned. It is like my grandmother's love. God's love for us is like the love of anyone who loved you beyond measure, beyond logic, beyond your understanding. That's what the love of God for you is like. 
In our first scripture lesson from Daniel, we heard of the way we too often think of it. We think of death as this great judgment. So Daniel woke up from his dream terrified. That's not how Paul tells it, and that's not how I believe it will be. I say death is more like this. A young boy fell asleep in the backseat of the car on the way to his grandmother's house. His dad, who was driving, gently pulled into the driveway, cut the engine as the boy's grandmother came out to greet them. Not wanting to wake the boy, his father lifted him out of the back seat and carried him into the house. He laid the boy down in the bed his grandmother had prepared. So that the next morning, having fallen asleep in one place, he woke up in another. This is our inheritance. Alleluia. Amen. In the sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, today we recognize those who have run their race rest from their labors, and now live eternally with all the saints in light. When a name is called, should you be one of their loved ones, I invite you to come forward to gather a white rose. Elaine Brennan. Doug Carter. Carol Davis. Ralph Farah. Jerry Field. Claude Gilstrap. Tim Hammond. Michael Hill. Lon Jenkins. Margaret Lawless.
Jim Lyle. Hayden McLean. Mark McNabb. Andrew Peterson. Ted Ramsey. Wanda Reese. Bill Rohner. Joan Ward. Woody Willison. And one last toll for all those friends, family, and neighbors who have been lost but not named. They are hardly forgotten. Let us pray. Eternal and almighty God, we give you thanks for all your faithful people who have followed your will in a grand procession of praise. Throughout the world and down through the centuries, we remember the faithful, especially those who we have known in our own time and place. With reverence and affection, we remember before you, O everlasting God, all our departed friends and relatives. Keep us in union with them here through faith and love toward you, that hereafter we may enter into your presence and be numbered with those who serve you and look upon your face in glory everlasting. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.